If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Evening, everyone. Uh, this is Raja from Melbourne, Australia. It's a beautiful Friday evening. Uh, I thought I might do a little podcast about um, paying off debt. This is episode seven, and uh, if you've been following my podcast, it's basically about learning the basic principles and concepts in personal finance. My aim is to leave a blueprint for anyone out there to use it to try and build wealth, um, and hopefully all of you are finding it entertaining and um, finding the information very useful uh, to be applied in your personal lives. Now, one of the things about uh, becoming wealthy is that you don't need to be very smart, but you can't be ignorant. Um, the latter can potentially kill your retirement nest egg. Um, in this podcast, I'll discuss the various strategies of paying down debt. Like all things in life, having a plan, having a systematic approach to, th- to things, and also having a strategy pays off literally. I'll end the podcast by giving you a unique view about money, J.L. Collins talks about this and explains it quite beautifully in his online stock series. If you haven't read it, um, you can go to his website, just Google J.L. Collins, where he blogs about personal finance and investing for the long haul. Uh, The other thing that I um, probably would recommend all of you subscribe to on YouTube is Google Talks. Um, Some of the famous financial personalities um, do give hour-long talks to Google employees And I do listen to it and I do learn quite a lot from it. And I think you'd find it very useful. Like always, it's time to summarize what we've learned so far in this podcast series. And just to let you know, once I reach a basic number of podcasts, it's quite obvious that I won't be able to summarize every single podcast due to the length of time it takes to do so. But I'll keep summaries until the financial concepts are down packed, until it becomes innate to all listeners. At least that's the hope. Now, in episode one, it was all about the power of automation, the power of compounding, the concept of paying yourself first. I use an example of 20%. Your percentage may be higher or lower based on your individual circumstances. In episode two, it was all about saving for the Australian dream and buying your own home, the tips and tricks associated with mortgages. In episode C, it was a three, sorry, it was a lighthearted um, chat looking at some of the financial personalities that I listen to, read about, because I believe strongly that financial education is critical to retirement security. In episode four, it was all about investing your pay yourself money first. Now, the 20% that you saved, what do you do with it? What are the options? Uh, What's out there available for you to invest in? In episode five, it was all about personal insurance. As you save money, build wealth, you need to protect your assets and most importantly, your family. I go in depth into the various personal finance options available, including life insurance, income protection, critical insurance or trauma cover, and TPD insurance. And in podcast six, uh, it was all about the fees which may be sucking around your wealth every single day. Pay attention to fees in order to protect your nest egg. I give comparisons of the average Joe blogs in Australia versus Jenny not blogs. 
Now, one of the things I should um, uh, explain is that uh, for you international listeners out there, um, this podcast series is largely based for Australian uh, consumers and Australian citizens. Uh, if you are living overseas, obviously there are some strategies that I describe, which is universal, but there are other things more specific to Australia. So just be aware about that. Right, let's get on to it. Debt paying strategies. Now, financial counsellors advise various debt paying strategies to their clients, and the concept is simple. Pay your debt in a systematic, planned way, but there are ways to do this. Now, the end result is to be debt-free. Before you learn about debt-paying strategies, it's really important to list out your debts and find out if you will pay a penalty if you pay out your debt earlier than what you signed up for. Debt-paying strategies work best for consumer debt, but can be used for any debt you may have, including mortgages. The last thing you want to do is pay off debt then find out there is a massive penalty, which was worse off than actually paying off the debt slowly. So check the fine print. And I would always advise people, though, checking the fine print prior to signing any debt documents. And I hope you do this already. If not, start doing it. Also, this strategy only works if you have enough money to pay off your debts in the first place, i.e. you need to have enough money to meet your monthly debt obligations. Otherwise, it does not work. If you don't have enough money to meet your monthly debt obligations, it might mean that you need to speak to a financial counsellor or financial advisor to try and consolidate your debts as best as you possibly can. Now, let's clear up the basics. When it comes to paying off debts, there are two basic strategies that you need to consider. The high to low interest strategy or the low to high debt strategy, also called snowballing. There are various versions of these strategies floating around, but these are the two fundamentally the basic strategies you can employ. Let's discuss the high to low interest strategy. Now, this is also called the mathematically sound strategy. Let's use an example. Suppose you have three debts, $3,000 credit card debt with an interest rate of 15%, $10,000 personal loan debt with an interest rate of 5%, $5,000 with another credit card with an interest rate of 19%. So there's three loans. The mathematics says that when you pay the monthly payments for these loans, the debt with the highest interest rate is the one which is costing you the most in terms of wasted money and interest. So it makes sense to pay this debt off first and doing so will save you the most money. So in the example, your aim is to pay off the $5,000 credit card debt with an interest rate of 19% because that's the highest. And how could you do this quickly? Well, suppose you have an extra $100 a month spare money. Now, if you don't have spare money, then listen to episode four, where I talk about income per unit time, how to maximize your income, the advantages of a second job and passive income. In this example, you used to spend all this money on lattes and you've decided to put this extra money towards your consumer debt. That's your 100 bucks a month that you have extra laying around. You would pay the minimum payments for all of your debts, but take this extra 100 bucks to pay off the CC debt with a 19% interest. That's the one with $5,000. Once this is paid off, you'll take the 100 bucks plus the money you now have spare because you've now paid off that credit card debt and take both of these amounts to pay off the $3,000 debt with 15% interest rate because that's the next highest interest rate in your debt paying strategy. Once this is complete and you've paid that off, you take the 100 bucks and the spare money you now have due to the two minimum payments being wiped off, i.e. you don't have any more credit card debt, and take all of this money, roll it up, and attack the personal loan with 5% interest rate. 
Mathematics says this is the correct strategy. The evidence is clear. So if everyone did this, we would never have any debt. So why doesn't everyone do this? It's because of the emotional attachment to money and debt. Finance is behavioral. And Dave Ramsey talks about this all the time. And he says, finance is 80% behavioral and 20% head knowledge. In my podcasts, I'm focusing on the behavioral elements of personal finance much more than the specific financial elements. In other words, my podcasts are all about how to minimize bad behavior when it comes to finance. And the way to minimize it is to automate it, paying yourself first, and have a strategy to paying off debts and protecting your assets. So what's the other strategy? This is called paying the smallest debt first and working your way up irrespective of the interest on the debts. This is not a mathematically sound way of doing it, but it has been proven to be a better strategy for those that require an energy boost as they pay the debts off. Dave Ramsey calls this the debt snowball. Scott Pape from The Barefoot Investor calls this the debt domino. Use the same example from a bit from before. Three debts, $3,000 credit card debt, doesn't matter what interest rate it is, $5,000 credit card debt, and $10,000 personal loan debt with various interest rates for those debts. You pay the minimums and all the debts, and with a spare $100, you attack the lowest debt first, and in this case, it's the $3,000 credit card debt. When you pay it off and, of course, cut the card up and cancel the account, you take the 100 bucks and the saved minimum repayment from the CC you just paid off and roll it into the $5,000 CC debt. And then do the same for the $10,000 personal loan debt. Why is this strategy recommended even though it may take longer for you to pay debt and maybe cost more? Well, quick victories matter and human psychology and behavior requires an adrenaline boost regularly. So paying off debt one by one and seeing them fall off the repayments list will give you a boost. The boost is not proportional, though, to the size of the debt you eliminate first. Now, the Journal of Marketing Research in 2015 published a very large study concluding, I quote, Winning what are known as small victories by paying off small debts first can give consumers a real boost in eventually paying off all of their debts. The reason is that meeting small goals provides the motivation to then meet a larger goal. It's as simple as that. But to be successful to pay off the debt, you need to do two fundamental things. Don't take on debt while paying off debt. That defeats the purpose. Unless, of course, you're consolidating and you're saving a lot of money. Once you pay off the debt, cancel the accounts. I've heard of plenty of stories where people have paid off credit cards but have kept the accounts open despite cancelling the cards and of course they just send you a new card and you still have that money right there to spend. So always cut the card and cancel the accounts. There are other strategies and you'll see various names and combinations on the interest, uh, namely uh, debt avalanche, sorry, on the internet, namely they're called debt avalanche, debt tsunami, snowflake debt repayment strategy, etc., etc. But basically, they're all slight variations to what I've already talked about. So in summary, there are two basic principles. Pay the highest interest debt first, and then go from the second highest interest rate and so on and so forth, or pay the lowest debt sum first, irrespective of the interest, and then work your way up to the larger debt. Now, there are a couple more strategies which I'd like to briefly point out, but I don't want to dwell on them too much, and they are 
paying off the most painful debts first. Now, what does this mean? If you owe your friends some money and you're inviting them to Christmas, well, you probably should pay their debt first. And the second strategy is paying off your secured debt first. So if you have a car loan and it's secured to the car and you need the car to make income, i.e. go to work, then it makes sense to pay the car loan as a priority, meeting the minimums at least, not paying it off completely, of course. Before I finish this podcast, I want to talk about money as a concept and how I think you should think about money. So, so far we've addressed how to reduce your debt, how to invest, how to pay yourself first, how to take advantage of compounding and how it impacts on your uh, retirement nest egg and how to um, take into account fees when it comes to investing. But I really want you to think about money as a concept, how I think about it and how you should think about it as well. So what does money mean to you? For example, $100, great dinner, fancy pair of jeans or sneakers, security, retirement, investing, etc., etc. Let me ask you the same question slightly differently. Out of all of those options we have, what money means to us, which one will keep us poor, and which one is likely to contribute to our wealth? Stay with me on this. I think you'll like it. Now, you might have heard of this guy called Antoine Walker. You probably, you know, might have heard him, might not have. But basically, he was a professional basketball player in the NBA between 1996 and 2008. He earned more than 100 million US dollars during his career. And on May the 18th, 2010, he filed for bankruptcy just two years after his career with debts of $12.7 million and assets of only $4.3 million. How can that be? The dude earned $100 million during his, you know, 12-year um, NBA career. And just two years after that, he filed for bankruptcy. He had less assets than what he owed in debts. Another famous example, Mike Tyson. All of you know this guy. He made over $300 million US dollars during his career, but went bankrupt in 2003. He apparently had a $400,000 per month lifestyle. How can that be? How can these people make so much money and still go bankrupt? The reason why those guys went bankrupt is because they didn't think about what money meant to them in a diversified way. They thought about money as what can it buy for me? But here's what we should all think about it when it comes to money. We should think about it like this. What our money can earn for us. J.L. Collins explains it neatly in his stock series. Just Google it. It's a great read and perhaps an article a night might be sufficient. But here's the more powerful statement. Don't just think about what our money can earn for us. Think about what the money earned is earning for us. So coming back to our $100 and what it means to us. Yeah, it could mean a nice dinner, a good pair of sneakers or jeans, but it could also mean a 5% return on investment for the rest of our lives, perpetually. So when you earn money and want to spend it, stop. Think about it. Do I really need this? Do I actually want it? If I don't spend it, what can this money earn for me and what can its earnings earn for me? This all sounds philosophical and slightly geeky, but I think it'll change the way you think about money forever. The second part of that is, if you spend the money on a nice pair of jeans or sneakers, 
and you don't save it or invest it, then you have taken away the opportunity for that money to earn you more money. Ironically, you've given that opportunity to the maker of the sneakers or the jeans manufacturer. You no longer have that money working for you, and this is called opportunity cost. I talk about this really briefly in my previous podcast about fees for investing. Now, before I finish up, one last concept, which is from Warren Buffett, one of the richest people on earth. I quote him, the Dow started the last century at 66 and ended at 11,400. How could you lose money during a period like that? A lot of people did because they tried to dance in and dance out. In other words, time in the market is more powerful than timing the market over the long term. This is a topic for another podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Till next time, pay yourself first, pay off your debts, and think about opportunity cost. Thanks and goodbye. This is Raja from Melbourne. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.